Welcome, friends and family, to the Crossroads Podcast, the show where we help you unlock your fullest potential by listening to the stories of accomplished individuals who have paved their own unique and outstanding paths. I'm your host, Kai from Vertigo Vision, and if you enjoy the show, don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, or just leave a comment at vertigo.vision/crossroads. Hearing from you means the world to me. This episode, we are interviewing the one, the only b-boy lancer and i have been looking forward to this interview for a very long time because when i think of the crossroads lancer is one of the first people who comes to mind on top of being a competitive and well-respected b-boy Crisada fonsuri aka lancer works full-time as an optical engineer while simultaneously continuing his journey as a professional photographer a published poet and a lao activist what graduating with a double major in physics and astrophysics from UC berkeley Lancer wholeheartedly embraces his loud descent and uses every medium he can get his hands on to share the story of himself and his family. In this episode with Lancer, we go over the tips and tricks he used in order to develop multiple talents, the hidden life value in breaking, and thinking on a universal scale in order to achieve your biggest goals. No matter what race, background, or status you may assume, there is something for everyone in this talk with the multi-talented Lancer. I was so extremely excited when I finally got to interview Lancer that I forgot to actually introduce him. Uh, my apologies. And so this is his introduction. Without further ado, please enjoy this conversation between me and Crisada Lancer Fonsuri. There was a point, I think it was about a year ago or a little bit more, where you mm-hmm. shaved your head, right? Oh, that was this year too. That was this year. Wow. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about why... Uh, yeah, so um, she I consider her my grandma. She is my grandma. Um, but she she took care of like a lot of generations of our family. She passed away. She lived like a real long life. And uh, she doesn't have that much family. So in, in, in our tradition, a lot of Theravada Buddhist uh, tradition, uh, when someone passes away, you want to ordain the men ordain as monks. And um, that's to, you know, sacrifice your desires. We call it bun, which is like good fortune, good karma. You want to pass it on to the person that passed away so that they could go off to a better place. So part of doing like Buddhism, like being a Buddhist monk, you you shave your head. Um, A lot of times you shave your eyebrows to like kind of get rid of your looks, right? I didn't do that this time around, but the other three or four times I did it, I shaved everything off. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just to, to be like, you get rid of anything that makes you feel vain, that gives you a desire to be accepted or like to look good for other people. You sacrifice other things like eating, you know, um, you fast for like 12 hours a day, that kind of stuff and other things too. A lot of other rules that you take into. How long is this period for? Depends. Uh, I did it for a month to learn more about Buddhism and the prayers when I was a kid. Uh, when people pass away, you could like, the full version is at least three days and then you could choose however long you want. Um, the junior version or like the condensed version is one day. That's what I did. I did it for the funeral, uh, at least for my grandma this time around. So that was like in April. <laughs> I see. Okay. Yeah. But each each year, do you do the shaving thing or is that just for funerals? Just for funerals. Uh, okay. I got yeah. you. I see. Would you we say that? Other, we have other traditions for the, the yearly, you know, was it the the anniversary if they're passing that kind of stuff gotcha okay yeah. i see wow um would you say that this uh type of practices and um like buddhist practices is this pretty 
consistent within your life or is it only for traditions like this um it takes more weight for certain events and traditions definitely but um you know as a buddhist it's it's more like a way of life for me like you you follow certain protocols certain rules and you just try to live by it but it's it's a way of life for me so like i kind of keep it to myself or i keep those practices to myself unless people ask or whatever right right and then we do have like more cultural traditions um in the community and that's when you know yeah more weight is emphasized and all that but definitely not a professional by any means but i try to practice good things yeah i've heard a lot of good stuff about buddhism as a practice would you say that um these practices have bled a lot into all aspects of your life and um before you answer that question i guess i just wanted to give you some background you're a very humble guy Mm -hmm. um but i'm sure you can at least recognize to some extent that you're doing a lot of things and your proficiency at a lot of these things is very recognizable um i was curious do you think that these practices have helped you along your path in these crafts at all uh yeah yeah i mean one of one of the things in in buddhism and i'm not trying to preach too too much but one of those things is about impermanence right like the idea of like nothing lasts forever you know whether it's your physical body or it's the wealth that you have or even your mind like things just kind of perish and go away so then for me uh i'm not waiting for that moment to happen and i have no judgments or i try not to put too much weight or desire even though i'm very passionate in everything that i do i also realize that if for some reason it's taken away like i have to make sure that i'm doing the best i can so that if or when certain things change in my life i could be content with it it's all about being content right being content with uh, impermanence so like breaking is is one of the main drivers of my life right um physically i, I won't be there um you know 10 20 years from now that i was when i was in my early 20s so not going to wait for that i'm going to train as hard as i can and and try to push as much as i can those kinds of things like it motivates me you know and 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 all the other mediums in my life for sure um yeah i can't i can't desire it too too much because if you become too obsessed and i do get obsessed with certain things but there's still a level to it right um i know that uh, you, sometimes you gotta let it go and let it pass as well. Hundred percent. Yeah, and not 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 in terms of giving up. Just don't hold on to it so dearly. You know, even the fame or the recognition that you get, like you just kind of learn to move on to the next thing, move on to the next thing. Right. Right. Understanding that these things aren't forever. Right? Yeah. And then taking advantage of that and being like, well, this isn't forever, so I should make the most of that situation. Yeah, and yeah. and that's a lot of uh, the attitude in my life too, right? Like, um, I like to innovate in in many aspects of art and craft and and my life, but I don't want to maintain certain things in terms of, um, again, going back to the whole fame thing, right? Like, in breaking, I I didn't want to be known for that guy with one move, right? Or like, I didn't want to be that guy that had one certain thing that was his crutch, like. It was always like, okay, what else can I build? Like, it wasn't about just one time that at, at this one place that I did this one thing. And some people remember me for that. And then I'll be like, okay, that's cool, you know, but time to move on to like, I don't want to get played out with that. So uh, that that carries on to a lot of other aspects of my life via writing, via even allow community stuff that I do. I'm always trying to figure out what other things can we unlock for people, you know? 
and photography, like everything. I mean, I guess we we'll get into it. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. No, yeah, we'll get great. into it. Yeah. No, I'm I'm glad how you're connecting these things because that's mm-hmm. that's a huge part of this. Um, but I never really thought about that the impermanence thing about how that can relate to innovation because you're like, yeah, I don't want to be stuck in the moment, yeah. so I'm gonna continue like making the most of the moment, and that also includes trying new things and like moving on, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's that's amazing. Okay, how, how long have you? How long has this been a part of your life? Was this something that has been like? Was this something that was kind of put into you growing up, or was it something you realized later on when you when you were at an older age? Uh, Buddhism. Um, more of like this impermanence. Oh, idea. impermanence. Yeah. Um, and I guess yeah, B- Buddhism in a sense, but I, I, most of like the the practice and the the mentalities. Yeah, I guess the concept of impermanence uh, came very early in my life through experience and and just living up right like. Um, I mean, just the fact that uh, coming from, you know, you know, my family, we came from the secret war, like a lot of my family escaped Laos, uh, you know, us being the most bomb country on the planet, people don't know kind of thing. Uh, some people escaped, right? So there was already like an impermanence of home and, and space. Even I was born, um, the war kind of ended, but all the effects were still there. People were still trying to leave. And so, you know, I was born less than two years old. We come to America, right? And then coming to America, raised in Southeast San Diego, you know, pretty much. I love it. Um, It's the hood, right? And throughout my entire life with, you know, my mom, my dad, my family, my larger family, we were moving from house to house, rent to rent, right? There was already an impermanence of space and house, right? Um, And then there was a a permanence of uh, relationships, in terms of uh, family, friends, things coming and going. I experienced the deaths of certain family members early. So that, just that whole feeling of, of like nothing was consistent or nothing was solidly there. Like I had no, I don't want to make it sound grim in terms of saying no hope for the future, but I was always constantly reacting to what was happening in front of me. That the, the idea of impermanence uh, stuck very, very early on. And I would say there were so many instances of that as I uh, grown older. The only difference is I was able to understand it better. I was able to internalize it and then turn it into something. Um, but I realized it early on. Yeah. Interesting. I'm really curious about that transformation you went through. So like you said, you were so young and you didn't really have the time. You had to continue reacting to the situation to survive. Mm-hmm. But there was some point where when you matured and you were able to become more self-aware of what this means, like what, what's all this going on and how can I turn this into a positive situation? Because now, like, I mean, that's where you started, but look where you are now. And mm-hmm. does there, is there any moment in time that kind of comes back to you? Um, maybe like in your college years or high school years or an event that kind of helped you realize um, where you were and, kind of set you straight in a way and like kind of were like okay like i gotta get my shit together or else you know i'm gonna be reacting my entire life yeah there there, there was a point um and it was also very early on i'm not gonna I'm not saying like you reach a point of enlightenment when you were a kid but you for me i realized certain things where i was like if i don't change this shit now then it will never be better i i think i'm i'm, I'm pretty sensitive to other people's like pain or what they're going through or like I'm I'm a pretty sensitive person, so like I I kind of I don't think I know what everyone's up to, but like I kind of feel certain things, and I felt like in my family like we were chal- we were challenged, right? We were 
like struggling financially where it's like parents arguing um my environment uh being a really rough place for for a lot of you know people living there um and you could see the struggles that people went through day and day and i i just see you know i i think seeing my mom um the way she was early on you know working so hard and you know these arguments happening and i was just like damn we need to change this or like i need to something needs to change right and then i i made a promise to myself and my 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 parents my mom i was like you know i'll try to take care of y'all you know i'll try to do my best um and then i think me being where i was at in my life early on as a kid i saw a lot of younger people right my my brother being one of them other friends in my neighborhood on my block um you know i was skating i looked up to a, an older cousin that got me into skating as well but like i would pass it on to the people in my block my friends my brother we would skate i would try to get them out of that situation or that mentality right and and then that that would help them get through their day we would just fall in love with skating we just be so into it you know and i i think that's when i realized i was like yeah i could be a big brother you know i could be a big brother to the people around me and it doesn't have to be so grim i don't have to you know to sit around and mope i could really stay active physically and be productive and i'm still trying to go through things in my life figuring out my identity but just having a purpose like that kind of drove me and then when breaking came into my life the same thing it was just like wow this you know hip hop just the idea of hip hop i kind of resonated with it you know um and and breaking where i could just create stuff without like buying things you know like creating creating concepts and ideas dancing to the music with your own body i thought that was amazing and then i got a lot of people in my neighborhood uh to start breaking you know like a lot of them were either influenced by gangs or or part of that scene and and that's no disrespect to them or anybody but it was just that i felt like we could do more and then i just then it just kind of unlocked more things like what else can we do you know like we have the situation but what else can we make good out of it and then that carried on just throughout my college career my my current career like all my endeavors like that kind of pushed me cuz i knew that when there wasn't anything you know like i could i could dig back to like where it all started why why i felt the way i felt um i didn't have it all figured out and i still don't but that those were good indicators and good good motivators for me so wow yeah that's it, it was like that situation that you were put into as an older figure um yes. and then being able to figure out and then kind of grab onto that as your sense of why mm-hmm. early on i think really set you up in a lot of ways um what's so wow gosh that's a, that's a lot i'm internalizing that so thanks for sharing that yeah surely um so from that so now you have this sense of why and and you started to identify these passions i remember at your talk um a few weeks ago um at miramar college you mentioned that that was also how you found your way into physics as well too right that was something that you, you were interested in as a kid and then you can tell us a little bit of the story but it it didn't start as something like you're like oh yeah this sounds like uh i can make a lot of money off of it or like it's it's like a practical job but it was something in your childhood that you found that fueled it and could you want to elaborate a little bit more about that yeah so again a lot of this was rooted in the fact that i didn't know much and i always felt like there was something out there for all of us you know and um um just the idea of not knowing but knowing that there is um 
a, a place where I could be if I choose to get there. It got me really curious as a kid. Mm, it got me exploring many, many things. Um, even if I wasn't good at it, it just got me exploring like how beautiful art can be and how great we could exist in a medium that, um, you know, isn't totally tangible, but it's very real inside. Right. Um, and then, you know, I grew up watching a lot of cartoons and, uh, I, I saw Foghorn Leghorn from Looney Tunes and the, the episode that you saw, it was, um, it was a kid in, who was vastly interested in physics and mathematics. And he used that to solve a lot of problems in, in the episode, whether it was hitting, um, hitting a baseball, making a paper airplane, playing hide and seek. He used physics to, to solve a lot of these, um, challenges with, uh, Foghorn Leghorn. And then that actually got me interested in more things. I was like, wow, well, um, if this thing is real, I want to know about it. Uh, I was, I, I always want to know about the universe. Right. And when I say universe, I mean, metaphorically, like us being here existing, but also in a technical level, like, you know, what the hell is gravity, right? Like, um, why do we feel physically the way we feel? What, how, like, why do we perceive certain things the way we do? Um, whether again, whether it's on the figurative level, how we perceive things or like a very physics, physical world level. And, uh, I, I just was totally, um, I, I totally wanted to be immersed in that space because I didn't want it to be foreign to me, you know? Yeah. And that, that's how I fell in love with physics. Um, my family, obviously coming here, being immigrants, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, do well in school, get good grades don't don't fuck up things like that but they didn't really know how to guide me you know in, in terms of school uh no one really did i mean a lot of us even even my family we all had to learn english right like i came here when i was really young so i was essentially raised san diegan but just growing up in a household where you speak you know two different languages at, at the very least um it it presented a lot of um challenges for me too in school I think the one thing that really got me interested in school besides like geeking out with fantasy books and I sucked at reading and writing at one point, but physics and math, I thought was like a really cool way to, to see the world and to view the world. So that's where, that's where that came from. It didn't come from like, I'll be an engineer and ironically I am, um, but it wasn't on my mind. Um, even, even a career in physics wasn't on my mind. It was just something that I if I had to choose and I did choose it for Berkeley, that that was what I wanted to do. First, it was astrophysics. And then I double majored in physics because it was just, it was right there. You know, I was like, why not go for it? Right. So. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, um, that's also just amazing to hear. Like, it's really fascinating how your interests of how things work took on so many levels. And um, was that something that, you always had or do you think um well i'm sure it's it was always in there somewhere right but um yeah i guess if you could if you would be able to answer that is that some type of was that something you developed that like you kept exploring deeper uh, meanings and levels to different types of uh like levels of the universe and mediums or or was it something that um was always just you know like intuitive um it wasn't intuitive to me, but I, I am, I do like my own space. I do like being alone. Um, sometimes that happened because of school situations. 
or, or society situations. And a lot of times it was me just wanting my space. Uh, sorry, the battery died on our camera. If you're watching this, you can see that we're in Lance's room for your basically your whole life. Like, how long have you lived in this specific room? Oh, actually, uh, no, no, since 2011. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like your whole life, but this no. collection, yeah, has been accumulated over your whole life. Yeah, this room, uh, has like yeah, 30, 31 years of my life. Um, got to get rid of a bunch of things, but, um, going back to the whole housing stuff, like we kept moving because of certain situations, and now I feel a lot more stable, so I could think about getting rid of stuff. <laughs> well, this is amazing. Yeah. I, what we're seeing right now is kind of the visual representation of the inside of Lancer's head. It's crazy. There's like all stuff. There's Bruce there's Lee posters over stuff, there. Yeah. There's actually a giant accumulation and collection of really colorful stuffed animals, which you also said you had a, you had affinity for animals and penguins as well, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Um, all these little things have weird stories uh, tied to them. So it's not like I just go out of my way and buy stuffed animals, but some of them I win, some of them are given to me, some of them I do buy, but... I love they're, it. Uh, yeah, they're everywhere. But All yeah, right. you're right. This is a metaphor for my head. <laughs> I love it. I love it a lot. Yeah. All right. So I guess going back to that, because we got cut off, um, the question I was asking was, it, I, and I wish I could have rephrased it a little bit better, but um, so I was, I was asking you about your interests and oh, yeah. the levels that you've taken in diving into different aspects and mediums of meaning. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what, what do you think inspired you to, to kind of pursue all of these different mediums? Where do you think the, the base is, is, is at the core? Um, it, it, that's, uh, there's a lot of answers to that, I would say, but going back to the whole, like, yeah, there, there was a lot of times where I felt alone. Um, there were people I looked up to, um, but I just felt like I, I definitely did feel alone a lot. Uh, whether it was like early, early on in school, I had a lot of great friends though. Um, I'm not saying like I was like a loner throughout school, but there were a lot of times where I just felt alone and there were a lot of times where I physically was alone. Right. And I just think I'm a, I, I just think a lot. I, I'm always thinking about stuff. I, um, I, I mean, I could be talking right now and thinking about other things, you know, like it, it's, I, I focus, but I still think about, there's just so many things going on in my head. Um, and one of them, I mean, a lot of it too could be mental, right? Like there were times a lot when I was younger and I was depressed about certain situations in my life. And then um, I did want to find meaning, right? Like whether it was spiritual meaning or not like what's my overall purpose. I always felt like everything was floating, but I always wanted to dig deeper into things that I liked or that I loved or that I was passionate about. And that's why I always wanted to dig deep. I never like to trifle on the surface level, you know, like, unless, unless I just want to be brain dead about stuff, which is, which is fine. Like we all need that. Right. But the things I really liked, it couldn't just be, um, something cool that I was doing. I really had to find what made me attracted to it or what made me feel alive as a result of it. And I think if we were to talk about base, it's, it's feeling alive, right. Existing and 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 feeling like i said i'm pretty sensitive so i I'm, I'm a feely person i have to feel everything that i'm doing and if i don't then that's when i just shut my brain off i'm like all right like that's just not my thing you know and for the things that i i was interested in it's like well yeah how deep can we go like how far can we sail 
uh, this ship, right? And that that's what I did with everything that I liked. And certain things dropped off, others are still going. Um, but it it was always because I chose it. It was always because I wanted to figure it out. Maybe not solve every problem, but figure it out for myself. What what why I love these things and what what they are, what they actually are, right? Like what is it? It it's it's existing, but what what's me coexisting with that craft, you know, or with that art form? Again, it's intangible, which is why there's no straight answer. And I love that. Um, I love that as a challenge to a lot of the technical things that I do because there are answers for the most part. So it's 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 cool to have that balance. With the metaphysics of it. Yeah, and just yeah, the idea of um, there are certain certainties and there are certain uncertainties. Uh, in different aspects of my life so that's yeah that's why i like to and it, it usually happens when i'm alone and i really gotta think this because i'm by myself <laughs> and i have to dig myself out of that or pull myself out mentally right right yeah it's crazy. i i mean what you just said is that really stood out to me the fact that you can be present and you are you're like i, I can tell when i'm speaking conversing with you you're very present in the moment and you're you're engaging with me and you're giving me the answers but at the same time you could be thinking about other things like that's very interesting I, I don't know many people who can do that um and that sounds if not harnessed correctly like it could be a lot of like it could be overwhelming in a lot of ways um but from your track record so far um being engineer photographer b-boy poet all of these different things um and somehow still having the same amount of time as another as any else any else of us a 24 hours in a day mm -hmm. still being able to compartmentalize and get all of these things done uh, I, I guess I was wondering like what um, if if you um, had any way of creating organization for these things and what what methods or anything that helped you or that you learned that helped you to organize your day and manage your day is there anything like that uh, a lot of it is uh it's weird. A lot of it's in here, right? Wow, like how really? I, yeah, it's, it, it really is in my head how I prioritize certain things. My buddies, um, all the way since middle school were always, uh, teasing me, you know, they're like, Oh, Binley, what are you doing right now? You know, back when we used to call each other on the phone, right? And he's like, man, you're probably playing video games, doing your homework and talking to me on the phone. And I'm probably, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm, really? I'm doing that. yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. Holy crap. But I was like, no disrespect for, to you, bro. Like I'm still, we're still talking, you know, really, really, we're really good friends. And, but like I would do that all the time. So I think I, I built the habit of doing a lot of things at once. But uh, I, I guess a good tip for me is um, do a lot of the easy stuff. The I call it the mindless stuff. Do that when you can do all of that, when you have the capacity to do it all at the same time. Or at least in conjunction with each other, in like as if it's like waltzing together, right? And then for the stuff that you really want to focus on, well, you did, you did all that. So now you can just focus on that one thing for for like, and for me, again, for a long time, that was breaking, right? So I did all these things, whether it was school, homework, whatever, people, meetings, um, communicating with people, community stuff, like depending on the level of work or the level of commitment, depending on the task, right? If, if it's a, if it's pretty simple tasks that you could, um, if you could handle, or if you have certain tools that you could do, to, to make life easier, go for that and, and kind of prioritize those things, even though they're like, um, they're easier 
or if you have if you have time to do it i would say like finish all of that especially if they're required of, of your time so that you create that pocket of time and that pocket of space for you to really really focus on what you want to do and i did that a lot um breaking i said no one bother me you know i am here i am engaged i'm training um and then but other times it would be like okay i, I really got focus on this or that and i think it, it, it happens here like i i don't I am starting to put things in uh, the calendar and the planner, but only because I don't want to double book. It's just now like the amount of engagements I have are, are like a lot, a lot more than I was like 10, 10 years ago, you know? But um, only recently you've been planning, like using a planner? Uh, why? Well, yeah, like Google, oh <laughs> Google calendars yeah, dude. yeah, and, and Facebook. Like now when people ask me to do events, I have to make sure that they're, um, uh, there's no double booking. You know, I have to make sure that because you, you want to be professional, right? Um, I was able to maintain a lot of that early on, just just in my head. I already knew my dates, but it, it just there's so many events and so many different avenues in my life. Um, but yeah, uh, my advice is just uh, really multitask when you feel like um, a lot of the work is easier or at least mindless, right? For example, like I'm not going to be breaking... Um, and doing homework. I mean, that sounds stupid, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be doing those things in conjunction with each other. Or uh, I'm not going to be doing a photo shoot and then trying to have a meeting or coordinate in text. Like, th there's stupid things that you don't want to do, right? But for all the things that you could do where you could just sit down and be in one place and do it, do that. And do it during the day or whenever time you have. And then, then when you really want to focus and get better or study certain things that you want, that's what you put your time in. And same thing with the thinking, right? Like right here, I'm totally engaged. I'm talking. And if I'm out in a bar or doing my thing, then that's when the flood of thoughts come in. I'm like, oh, wh okay, what what can I come up with? What could I create? Who can I hit up to do the next photo shoot? Or, you know, things like that. So that's how I, it, it all happens in my head. But um, just so I don't double book, I start write, writing things down. But that was just recent. Wow, that's crazy. Like, so yeah, within are, the that, past two years. Huh? Wow. Is that still something you do today? Like, um, uh, combining certain tasks in one set of time and then doing them um in conjunction with each other can you give an example of that well now now uh, i'll give you like a typical example of my day at work maybe that is more um something that people could could visualize um so yeah like i i do engineering right and it's it's definitely um uh demanding of my time when i'm there but because they're also flexible with my schedule right there are certain things I can do. So like during my breaks, this is when I could be um, posting photos on Instagram for my photography or whatever, my, even my personal to promote my work, right? So I'm doing all of that whenever I have breaks or whatever. Um, or when people hit me up, that's when I could coordinate the next event or the next talk or the next uh, event that I need to do or whatever, right? So a lot of that communication can happen uh, at the palm of your hand now, you like you have a phone that can multitask, right? And then, but then when I'm in meetings at work, you know, you got to engage. When I'm in the lab doing experiments, got to engage. But then if there's a sense of automation, if I could either code something, uh, not that I'm crazy in coding, but if I could make it automated or if I could just automate it, automate the process somehow with the amount of tests that I'm doing, then I can make it brainless or mindless, right? Then, okay, I was able to write the process now a bunch of things are just button clicks. Okay, what else can I do? Like, what else can I do at that time, you know? Um, and that happens a lot at work. 
uh, then if I need to analyze stuff, of course, then I got to focus, right? Um, and then when it comes to poetry, sometimes I really do just need to sit down. But with poetry too, if I have a thought in my head, I'll write it down in my phone. Just just the, the thought of that poem, like write about this or write about that, right? And then from there, I'll let it marinate and then, then I'll just flush it all out on a given night. Sometimes you have to be disciplined, right? That's when the, the B-boy, the breaker comes out where you're like, okay, no, you have to put in this amount of time just to flush everything out. You can edit the poem later, right? But flush it out. And, and that's what I do. So there is a level of discipline. It's not like um, you could just let everything be free-flowing at, at the same time. Like sometimes you, you really got to buckle down and, and put in the work and then go back to free-flowing <laughs> and then constantly adapt to the situation. Um, and yeah, that's how, that's how I really get through, like putting things in little, you know, compartments Wow. in terms of task. Damn dude, that's crazy. So yeah. like, it, it's very personalized Yeah. mix of flow and organization that you have. And mm -hmm. I, I like how you mentioned breaking for that, how a lot of the discipline actually came from breaking. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that's, that was one of the things that really gave you structure early on, like that type of practice? Yeah. I mean, one thing I love, I think breaking is the best metaphor for it um, because it's... It's okay. Yeah. Screw it. uh, it's one of the best things Everybody's that... Dying. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, one of the best things that um, I got from breaking is that... Well, breaking is like... It's like jazz too, you know? Like there's structure, there's form, there's history, right? Like hip-hop has its own history. Um, and it's it's rooted in breaking the rules, right? It's rooted in in growing organically through certain structures that failed them. Like when I say them, I mean people in the Bronx and in New York that were starting all that, right? Um, yep. They, it, it was really a fuck you and and a, a really this idea of like, I need to be alive. I need to be, I need to exist. I need to be more powerful than what society or anyone tells me to be, right? And, and it, out of that, because it was really youthful, it was really aggressive, you, you kind of broke a lot of rules, like even backspinning breaks, extending the breaks was using records, right? And it chopped up traditional records that were played traditional songs, even if it's funk music. I mean, like just in the traditional sense of the Western yeah. world, right? And people were getting pissed at DJs for touching the record yeah. while they were spinning them. And it was like completely taboo. Yeah, but you were scratching it up, right? And you were just backspinning the breaks. And then from there, like, you know, B-boys, B-girls, dancers, anybody like... They, they reacted to it and then out came breaking, right? Like out came breaking through, there was a lineage that got us to breaking, but breaking, like that's, you know, that's what it was. And then I love that we're breaking because um, I do need discipline. I do need structure. I, I try to train hard, but I try to train um, smart, like like as, as a, not like a, it, there, there is a metaphor to martial artists, but I train really deeply as an artist but i take and i learn from other things right and and uh, there's an athlete in me there's an artist in me there's the martial artist in me or whatever the philosopher in me and from there i could create my own plan my own structure and i think that's what hip-hop gives you it gives you that that light and then from there you create your own path you create your own identity you celebrate how unique you are there are still rules i guess and structure I guess, because over the years, that's, you know, breaking in hip hop has matured. But 
you still create your own schedule. You create your own regiment. Like whether you're training, I'm training, the the best b-boy in the world is training. We all train differently. It's like fighting too, right? Like fighters train differently. They have different mentalities. There are certain common things in their lives. But hey, once you hit that ring, it's physical. You're fighting each other. It's mental. It's grit, right? And breaking is the same thing. Like you come from a different walk of life than me. But when we're in a cipher, we're equals. And when we're battling, we're equals. And may the best person win, right? And and that's why I love about breaking. And that's what carried me throughout all the things in my life. Now, I'm not saying like it was the only thing, but uh, I definitely need to give credit where credit is due. And, and breaking was the thing that it was a ship that sailed all the other ships that I had in the beginning because it taught me discipline. It taught me how to f- like really fall in love with something and, and work around it to, to achieve certain ideas, to dig deep and, and become myself more of myself find more of myself and that carried on to other aspects of my life and and there's no rules again so my element of success that i could share with people you don't have to follow it right Mm -hmm. like like you don't have to follow it verbatim everything i say you don't have to follow like step by step because it's not going to work for you and and then it becomes like a larger discussion of life where there are certain things in our life that are vastly different. So that's why one thing will not work, but certain common things will. And I think that's a good thing to walk away from knowing that like, that's, that's, that's how I operate in my life. Like I really don't like rigid regiments, right? I don't like, even if I train as hard as I do, like I still don't like that. Like I, I like being free too. I like being, letting things happen, letting things be. It's like, it's a good balance, you know. You gotta have to balance, I guess. Hundred yeah. percent. Oh my gosh, yeah, dude, you do- you delved into that perfectly, and I think this is a really big reason why I wanted you on this podcast because um, I've also seen just the pure, sheer value that uh, art form like breaking can bring. Like, I mean, I don't want it to just be specifically breaking, but personally, coming from the same place. Breaking in particular as an art form, as a discipline, it's provided so much value, not just as a creative outlet, but as a way to develop structure and a way to think, a way to understand that you can break the rules um, after you learn, after you master the tools and you can become yourself through it. It's given me such an edge in not just being a dancer, but also being in school and standing out as an artist, as a filmmaker, you know, and just all of these things that I do now, they've rooted, they've, they've found their way in a positive impact through breaking. And it's really great to hear like just what you said, because I I can really relate to that on a, on a very deep level. And I mean, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's a, it's a, really, it's a, it's a fuck you attitude. Right. And, And what I mean is like, um, you created yourself um this 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 dance forces you to really find who you are despite what everyone tells you to be despite what society tells you to be it's it's very rebellious you know um but even through rebellions you you had to figure out a way you can't just swing and 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 like 
jump and, and go wild, right? Like you still got to figure out what, what makes you take, what, what's the most efficient process. And then you're going to have to figure it out for you. One of the best lessons I learned in my life in terms of braking was there was a 5 million ways to learn how to air flare, right? When I was learning how to air flare, I was asking all the, all the dope people that were around me that knew how to air flare. And they gave me like 5 million different ways to do it. And that's a good, that's a good lesson in life, right? We all want that one air flare, but the one air flare that you're going to get, that one technique is going to work out after you tried out all of them or whatever you tried. And then you're going to figure out your own way. Air flare, right? <laughs> and then like, for me, it's, it's going to be different. And again, it, it goes back to like, not everything works one way in, in breaking. That's, that's a very important lesson, especially for people that are frustrated with how they're doing right. Um, in, in their career growth and breaking, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And man, just, I guess this is a show for not just B-Boys, mm -hmm. but for any type of person who is looking, um, and has is observing art right mm -hmm. and is is questioning because this is something i've gone through myself like what is the value of breaking what is, what is the value of continuing to practice this art form that isn't making me any money and isn't um like paying the bills mm -hmm. uh what what's the point in continuing right but i think there's it goes like it goes a lot deeper than just something that pays the bills it, yep. it provides something that is very foundational and fundamental to who we can become as people and the skills we can develop and the mentalities we can develop through this art form that will help us to thrive in our careers and lives later on. And I yeah. think you laid it out very clearly in your statements that you just made. Yeah, it's it's very it's it's very flawed, right? Where we we live in this place where a lot of us are only valued by our work or valued by whatever society tells you and society is a very subjective term in terms of who who you're asking right what is successful and i i think the whole thing is flawed right and i'm not saying like okay let's change change it from the ground up but what i'm saying is when you understand that then you don't you shouldn't answer to anybody you know as an artist like everything i've done in my life um of course like of course i would I would have loved to, I don't know, be a career b-boy, I guess, or whatever, right? Maybe I would have loved that. But at one point, I, I wanted to be a professional skater, you know, because I was deeply in love with skating before I became a b-boy. Um, I would love to do everything I'm doing now. And I, I still tell people this. I would love to be a photographer for the rest of my life, doing that for a living, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, like, you make that choice, and you need to have that conviction to to rock with it. And if it fails, it fails. And I failed a lot, messed up in a lot of things. Obviously, even you could relate, I'm pretty sure, like a lot of dancers during battles, we lose a lot more than we win, right? You maybe get rejected a lot more in college than but all you need is that one acceptance for to go to college or whatever, um, things like that. So like, you just have to tell yourself like, like don't don't answer to anybody you know like the artist for you it's special to you and going back to what makes me motivated right it's because i want to exist i want to be part of the universe in in as as many shapes and forms and manners as possible and we we, we try to 
you know, value our art based off how successful we are with social media or how much money we're making. Some people are living a dream. Great. You know, like obviously we see a lot of B-boys and B-girls now. They're living the dream. It's so awesome and I'm happy for them. But um, don't, don't let anyone else's path kind of obstruct yours, you know. If you want to create something, what you're doing here is amazing, right, Kai? Like, this is, this is amazing. This is what you have to do, and you shouldn't wait another ten years until your career is good uh, to do it. Because let me tell you, like, in in this corporate world and in, in whatever world that we're in, in terms of corporate nine to five, whatever the hell, like, if that's not what you love, and and you're getting paid for to do someone else's thing, right? You'll get let go eventually. You're only as good as your your last day at work like i guess is what they say right yeah. like you in, in in some of the worlds that we live in not everybody but when you work in certain companies like you only value for what you do you know they could tell you how much they value family time and a lot of people do i get it but the bottom line is the bottom line for whatever profits they're trying to make right so then when you think about that you're like don't feel so bad when you want to go create and do your thing do it now even if you feel like it's whack just do it now because this is this is art, man. Like you're creating any avenue you're doing, you're creating and you got to constantly train, train, train and practice like breaking. You got to get that move. You got to, you know, hit the ciphers. Like you got to shoot that photo. You got to film that video. Like you have to do it and it won't be perfect, but you have to do it. And once you break that point, you feel a little bit more at peace with yourself. But because if you don't, your art suffers. Then you, then you have an existential crisis, right? You kind of wonder if it's all worth it. Um, and I'll tell you that it is worth it if you care about it with conviction. And yeah, <laughs> that's my comment about yeah. that. No, thank you, bro. Like, yeah, for real, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That I'm for having sure. a. I'm, I'm really enjoying this talk. This, this is very life changing. Actually, <laughs> I appreciate Great. it. Yeah, man. Thank <laughs> Great. you. Um, especially hearing it from somebody like you, who, I mean, not only me but many others admire and 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 you you've impressed the world and and you continue to to fight the good fight keep doing that man i really appreciate it yeah thank you yeah that means a lot too and you know like when i the feedback really helps me too it motivates me to you know like again it could get kind of lonely right or it could get kind of uh frustrating too even for me going through the day gets is difficult right but um again going back to the people that i love to be around and the good energy like that keeps me going too you know i appreciate i appreciate the good work that a lot of people do and the people that i connect with over the years and um that motivates me as well so thank you you know we are we out here bro we in this together cheers yeah cheers cheers (laughs) thank you for the tea too it's really good turmeric Mm. yeah so um i just like yeah just that sense of community that you mentioned too is, is super important yep and um the big point i think here is i mean this guy in front of me lancer he's like we talked about the different perceptions of society. I feel like you've got a good reputation with pretty much all of them. Like, I mean, you, you've, you've helped your parents, you've helped your mom retire. Um, you've got a good job at a great company. Um, you're doing pro photography and you're a B-boy who most, like a lot of, well, a lot of people know the name of. So like all these different fields, you've managed to find a place, but it's very assuring hearing from you. Like, I mean, just how the value that you place on the things that a lot of us feel like we don't have a lot of when you know like we just have this dance you know nothing much but there's something there and 
that was one of the most important things and still continues to be one of the most important things in your life. I think that everybody should really take that into heart, what that means. You know, this guy who has come this far, it all started with breaking, you know. And so, you know, just remembering that to everybody who's listening, including myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I don't want to take too much of your time tonight. Uh, this has been amazing. And I hope we can get you on again. I do want to do a, a lightning round just because we have a few questions from listeners oh, okay. on Instagram. So yeah. I'm going to pull that up. Do you mind if there's just a few funny questions and a few, uh, yeah. Yeah, ones? Sure. yeah. All right, great. So I'm just going to answer your questions now. If you left a question on Instagram, um, we're going to take a look at those. I hope you don't mind. I use some of the photos on your Instagram <laughs> to promote it. Oh, no, really good no photos. worries. Yeah. All right. So first question <laughs> is from Uh-oh. Jay. <laughs> Shout out to Jay. Uh, first ever so, crewmate. There you go. His crewmate and actually the first ever guest on the podcast. And you're not only crewmate, but you went through school with him, right? Yes. Yes. He uh, helped me a lot, man. Shout out to Jay. You, you were a great uh, person that I, I I also contributed a lot of my successes to at Berkeley. You know, uh, just just him being there. That, that was cool. For real. Um, and I had a, a lot of good history with him, too. I mean, I met him when I was in high school. So it's like a what? crazy full circle. Gosh. Yeah, he was uh, the cousin of one of my crewmates at the time. We we battled. He was in my he was in my first he was in the first place where I started breaking. In, what in the hood? Are you serious? My yeah. Gosh. What? Yeah, and I battled him there. What? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, we're we're you know kind of college classmates. So anyway, yeah. Full circle. That's amazing. Shout out to Jay. Love you, man. Um, go check out his episode. He had a lot of great stuff to say too. But yeah. I don't know if this is an inside joke or if it's just a really random question. He asked. What is a hamster? <laughs> I'm not answering that, Jay. <laughs> you know the crew code. Just, just know that you're a hamster too. <laughs> oh my gosh! And, and you all are hamsters. <laughs> all right, we got uh There's some things that are sacred, so we're we're not gonna press on that. <laughs> Maybe for another time. All the right, world's next, a hamster. <laughs> no, it's a hamster. I, I, I can't wait to find out what that means. But uh, next question is from Emilio. He's a local b-boy here. I, I don't know if you know him, but uh, he's asking. Uh, he's in college right now and I think he's doing computer science. But he's cool. asking, how do you balance everything? Like you're passionate about all of these, but how do you find time to do all of it? So it's, I guess it's a time management question. We kind of touched on that, but mm-hmm. if you have anything else to say to that, then. Yeah, well, let's say, I, I, at least in the context of college, right? Um, so um, when I was doing poetry a lot in college, it was through actual class assignments. So a class I was deeply passionate about, you know, poetry for the people. But a lot of my early poems in my book were from these assignments that and then from poems that I wrote as extra not to the class but now I finally found my voice so I was writing right but these were like little seeds uh, again like for breaking I said between the hours of 8 to 10 nobody bothered me I'm, I'm gonna be totally immersed in training with the, the folks that I love being around training with that was my thing almost like you know f- it could be from 4 to 7 times a week that I was training like that all the other times though was when I was doing homework. So like, um, there's a there's an old quote that I used to say. Like, I think it was um, Mixwell. Jasmine knows this better than me, but it was like student by day, right? B boy by n- at night, B boy at night, and then student by late late night. So I would do a lot of my homework assignments after training. Damn. But then I wouldn't sleep till like five or six every day. Oh my day. god, are you serious? Jesus. Yeah. So that that's time management stuff. I, I would say my my tip is like. Focus on the thing that you really love. Let the other things grow little by little. Give it some time. But all the things that are required of you, like 
either you stay up late and you finish it or you time manage so that you could focus on that one thing that you want to do at least for an hour or two a day. Word. It goes back to that really being surgical, surgically precise about the things that you really are passionate about. And then those will fuel the rest yep. down, the, down the road. <laughs> okay. Thank you. That's a good one. Uh, the next one's from Jason Huang. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. I don't know if I should even ask this question. <laughs> hey, Lancer, how do you break so well in skinny jeans? Asking for a friend. <laughs> You know, um, it used to be one of the things that everyone hated me. Really? Like, hated on me. Um, yeah, like, they were like, like, oh, fuck Lancer and his skinny jeans. Like, those were YouTube comments. They were like, yeah, like, <laughs> they would say some really homophobic things, right? And then, like, it would bother me a little bit. But then, at the time, I was like, wow, like, I'm just trying to explore even fashion and breaking, you know? And it wasn't that it was just skinny jeans. It was that it actually fit me. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like a lot of the clothes is like to either Western or European standards, or at least people that are taller than me, their legs are different. And I always like the style of having like a tapered look, very sleek, very yeah, ninja. Notice that. And um, there was a point where I was um, tailoring my own pants. Wow. To fit really? Me. Yeah. Wow. I still could do it. It's just not as clean, but I did it for a huge amount of my time in my life. And, um, how do I break in it? Well, I mean, if if you notice, a lot of the upper part of my leg, it, it's it's bigger, so it tapers down. So it's not really skinny. It just it looks skinny. Early on in my college life, the only things that there were around were were skinny jeans or whatever, but they weren't like the ones that hug your nuts and your right. your legs. It just looked that way. It appeared that way, and people just weren't used to that at the time. You know, like they were like everything was baggy and big, and then out comes me like trying different stuff and. Sometimes when things are new, people hate on it. Now, like, a lot of people are styling on it, yeah. you know? Did you notice that? I don't know, like, later in the early 2010s, around that time, everyone was wearing skinny jeans. Yeah. For and, a while. And it was just like, well, l- listen, like, jeans aren't always built wide for wide leg people. There's so many different body types. And I think that those companies started catching on. And then more b-boys started catching on to that and i'm like oh yeah you're welcome y'all started like that, man. <laughs> yeah, man. not really but like you know like watch the footage you know Rock that shit, man. no you definitely yeah. like one of the innovators for that so you heard it here first on the crossroads lancer actually tapers his own pants like he puts effort and time into his like, style and, yeah, and you can actually, definitely see that actually the pants i'm wearing right now yeah these are self-tapered too right now uh, I, I didn't self-taper them but i had um i had it done mm. so now i know the structure and how it fits my leg wow so now i could get it done but yeah oh. jason like the, break what to what fits your body that's that's the most important thing and it doesn't have to be one thing right like break to the clothes that fit your body but still make it fashionable too you know don't 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 make it too like uh i call it like athletic wear kind of thing right, right. like you don't want to look like you're wearing a body of armor but anyway dance dance you know the rules dance with in what makes you feel good really it could be anything again no rules so 100 percent. yeah no i i'm I, I don't know. I feel like what you did with your pants right there, it speaks so to so many levels to like who you are as a person, like really going into meticulously designing it and everything. So, wow. Like, I'm really gr- glad to have heard that story. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever disclosed that like on public like broadcasting before, but that's great. I love that. It's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my I, gosh. I, I may have. But okay. Again, it's like own it. <laughs> yes. Right? Again, going back to conviction, own it. Okay, next one. Let's see. So we have. I, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna give you a few questions because they're uh-huh. kind of in the same ballpark. Uh, so one is, how are you such a u- diversely unique individual? Um, and then I think that kind of goes well with like people asking more about balancing engineering with b-boying. 
how to balance a full-time job with a dance career. Um, yeah, so I guess if we were trying to blend those all into one question, and those are from Padenko, which is my friend Brian, Nick Toll, and Ash, I, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce your name. Adar, can you try pronouncing that name right there? Adarshnagar. Ad, yeah okay yeah, well sorry yeah we're trying no sorry dude, but we're, we're answering your question so the question is um yeah how do you do all these things and and i think we kind of touched on this a bit but if you want to give maybe some actionable tips about how you can have such a diverse array of things and if you have to give someone advice on how you can take on all of these things as um, as a single person so always go back to things that are rooted in what i mean is things that are universal me, I, I like thinking in, on a universal scale, right? So what's the bigger picture of, of what you are trying to do and what you're trying to be? Um, don't just try to be diverse and multifaceted for the sake of doing that. There are amazing people that do great at one thing. They may suck at other things, but I think personally for me, I can't do that. I, I just can't do one thing. Um, and it goes back to, I need to understand and, and feel like I'm part of this universe, right? That's my root. That's my purpose. Find something that you are rooted in. Find something that you can connect universally with others on. And and whenever you feel lost, go back to that. Because you'll have the confidence to try other things when you know that you're grounded. And when I mean grounded, not even physically grounded, just grounded here in, in your head and in your heart and in your spirit. Uh, I know it sounds very flowery, but that's what really got me going, right? Um, the other thing is like, Think about something that is special to you that you really want to unpack. And it, you don't have to have a definitive answer. But another thing that motivates me too is I, I'm Lao American. Not that many people know about the Southeast Asian experience, let alone the Lao American experience. Uh, even like I said about the secret war, no one don't, doesn't know about that. They don't know about my family. A lot of these were like these stories were things that I wanted to bring alive because I felt like there was a need. So always look for that need. If you're trying to find different interests and in, in how to balance it, um, what's the need? Um, if it's negative, of course, it's going to crash and burn. If it's positive, it's something that you can connect with people that can resonate with you. Of course, it's going gonna, it's gonna to grow into something. And just don't have too much expectation and it'll happen. Um, and, and, but yeah, just make sure that you, you find out why you want to be diverse. For me, I, why am I such a diverse person? I love, I love everything I do. I love what, I love what each art kind of fulfills that the other ones don't. Whether it's photography, poetry, breaking, they all fulfill something in an aspect of this universe that can help me connect, help me inspire, help me understand the world, um, help me help the world too, right? So even with the engineering thing that I'm doing, it's like, yeah, I will give it my time and focus when I'm at work because I'm scheduled to be at work at a certain time, even though I'm flexible. Guess what? It pays. And when it pays, I could funnel that into my passions, right? That's how you hustle sometimes. Like some people hustle differently. I've used my money to funnel into traveling. I'll fly myself out to jams and, and try to, you know, wreck shop. Um, but I'll give it that focus because sometimes you have to sacrifice. Sometimes you have to, you have to do these things. But then... You could turn your brain off, switch gears, focus on the other stuff. Again, going back to multitasking, right? How do you balance all that? You you figure out what's the easy stuff. You get rid of that so that you can focus on the things that actually help you grow and make you want to continue pushing.
Does that answer the question? <laughs> yeah. I think so. I think that does I answer hope the so. question. All right, Lancer. Dude, thank you so much. Yeah. This has been amazing. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate is- it. Hey, thank, thank you, Kai. And I really hope whatever um, you continue to push to, you know, jumps off. Um, there's no harm. There is no pie, y'all. There is no space that everyone's, I mean, people talk about saturation, but who cares about that? You know, care about what you want to do. At the end of the day, you're going to have to lift yourself up. I mean, and people will be there to push you, but keep keep doing what you do, like whatever, whatever it is. Thank you, man. Appreciate yeah, that. for sure. I will. You too. Yeah, and I'll be I'll be so happy to see it oh, as man. it moves along. You know. Likewise, man. We'll be following you too. So yeah, we're all in this together, y'all. Let's do it. Make sure you follow B Boy Lancer on Instagram and Snap Pilots. Right. Yep. Anything else you want to plug? Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, follow me on uh, Instagram at bboylancer. You can also follow me on Snap Pilots. Um, that's my photography channel. Um, I also represent Satsu Press. Shout outs to that. Lao Lao SD, which is another group I'm involved in. Um, just uh, I don't know, shout outs to all the thinkers, movers, shakers. You know, the creators, um, the people that just wanna to exist too. Thank you for listening to this and and uh, appreciate your time in listening. (laughs) That's right. We appreciate you guys. All right. This is Kai and Lancer at the Crossroads signing off. Hello, everybody. This is Kai again, checking in one more time. Just hoping that you enjoyed this episode of the Crossroads with Lancer. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite streaming platform for more. These conversations honestly just keep getting better and better, and I'm looking forward to sharing the knowledge that I'm gaining from all of these talented individuals with you guys so that you can achieve your goals through your own terms. If you feel like you have something good to say about The Crossroads, please leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We read the heck out of those things, and we will really appreciate it. In fact, we'll appreciate it so much that if you do it, we will give you a shout out in the next episode. This is Kai from Vertigo Vision. Take care, and we'll see you guys next time.